huge group down there, and uh, we had a great time just putting some things together for that particular school. Most of you who've gone down to Mexico have, have been to the seminary as well as that uh, Good Samaritan Church, and if you're in uh, one of the adult Sunday school classes in the second hour, you'll have opportunity to see some of the things that have been done, and you can e- even see some of the specific things that we've done since we've been there. One of the things I asked him to do was to share how safe it is down there to go to Mexicali. Tijuana is still a little of a hot spot. Um, but I just want to urge you, as you think about if there's any, any place to, to risk your life, it ought to be for the cause of Christ. And, and let's just be, let's be honest. This isn't exactly the safest place to live in either. I mean, if you could even be an ICE uh, investigator and you could have a colleague come in and because he got a bad review, he could take your life. Or put you in harm's way. And really, uh, Mexicality is, uh, is relatively safe. They, there hasn't been any really difficulties at the seminary or the churches they've been with. And we haven't lost a single person going there and coming back. We've tried to leave Brandon down there a few times, but they won't keep him. So as, uh, as we'll be sharing that in a few uh, months to come, uh, we're hoping to take a couple more trips down there and, and just to be the hands and feet of Jesus as uh, we participate not only in our prayers, in our giving, uh, but in service to the cause of Christ and the planting of churches um, to reach people for him. Well, let's look to the Lord in prayer as uh, we look in his word this morning. Uh, let's pray. If I just really pray as we uh, see your word and how it speaks into our lives that we might be open to, to not only want to speak the truth in words, but to, to live out the truth in life. And as we look at this uh, powerful part of uh, this message that Jesus gave on that mount uh, near the Sea of Galilee, we pray that we might, even on this little hill that we are placed in as a, as a local church, be attentive to your words to us, and we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever been in a setting where uh, you've heard something a little surprising to you, and you turn around and you made the statement, are, are, you, are you talking to me? And then maybe if you heard something that looked like it was directed toward you and you definitely did not want to hear that, you might say, you, you aren't talking to me, are you? Well, as you think about the Sermon on the Mount, I, I'm sure as Jesus began to preach and as he began with those words of hope, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, blessed are those who are merciful, blessed are those who, who are, are filled with gentleness and grace, and, and they're thinking, I, I want to be blessed by God. Then all of a sudden God's through... His son Jesus began to speak into their lives, and at times, he, I'm sure they began to think, are, are you talking to me? And if you listen or read through the Sermon on the Mount, at any level, you recognize that he's starting to meddle in how we live. Uh, the last couple of weeks, we've, we've looked at those sections which, which speak to each one of us that uh, do you ever have a, a temper issue? Do you ever fly off the handle? Do you, ever, do you ever commit murder in your heart because you're so angry at somebody that really you're doing violence in your emotions and your direction toward another? And then last week, we looked at the whole issue of our thought life and, and being filled with lust and, and looking at those people that God has created in, in His image and, and now they're just objects for your own pleasure. Now Jesus turns and he speaks into an area in which if you've ever been in that experience where you're trying to teach the principle and the reality of sin and and maybe a person says, well, I don't really consider myself a sinner. And even whether it's a child or a youth or adult, 
you're just kind of amazed by that. And so what you do is you kind of point to something that we would all recognize where we might fall short in our life. And, and you ask the question, well, have you ever told a lie? And, and immediately a person recognizes, I guess I, I am a sinner because everyone's told a lie. But what Jesus did in the Sermon on the Mount, he always took it to another level. So if you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to be seeing again how Jesus just speaks into our lives. And particularly to those who consider themselves a little better than others. Uh, the religious folk, the, the people that thought they had it together. And he just took them to another level. Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 33. Again, you have heard it that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, and again, that's the handle in which Jesus just hooked his, his listeners. You have heard it said, but now I say to you. And really the idea here, at first of all, sounds pretty simple. He said, you've heard it said, you shall not bear falsely, you shall perform your oaths to the Lord. In other words, once you make that, that statement, I swear to God, or on, on the holiness of God, or whatever, whatever phrase you might mean, or if you put your hand on the Bible, you need to make sure that when you do those things, that you need to follow through with the truth. Uh, but he took it next, another step further, and he said, But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your hand, because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes, and your no, no, for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Now, at first reading, you might think, well, what, what is he really saying here? What he is saying is that they had gotten into the habit of saying, well, you know, when you swear upon a stack of Bibles or when you mention God in the statement you're about to make, then you better make sure you tell the truth. But if somehow you attach it to something else, then maybe you can kind of play with the truth a little bit. They say, that should not be so. Whatever comes out of your mouth, if you say yes, you better mean what? Yes. And if you say no, you better say no. Well, is that what's happening in our culture? I'll just uh, share with you a few studies that have been done recently. Uh, more erosion continues in America, according to James Patterson and Peter Kim. They report that 74% of Americans will steal from those who don't miss it, and 64% will lie for convenience as long as they think no one's going to get hurt. Most Americans, 93%, say... They alone decide on moral issues, whatever their perspective is, basing their decisions on their own experience or whims. 84% say they would break the rules of their own faith. And 81% have violated a law they felt was inappropriate. Only 30% say they would actually die for their faith. Going on, 65% of America's high school students say they, they would cheat on an important exam. 53% of them said they would lie to protect a friend who vandalized school property. Uh, another survey said this, of the Leo Burnett, Burnett Advertising Agency, said this about what is happening in our culture relates to the truth. 91% of all Americans confess that they regularly lie. 79% had given out false phone numbers or invented new identities when meeting strangers on airplanes. 
One out of every five minutes, they couldn't get through even one day without going along with a previously manufactured lie. Guess what the survey revealed that we lie about the most? Our income, our weight, or our age, or and our age. Now, if you think about it for a moment, I mean, how silly is that? I mean, we, we make... Uh, Statements about how old we are, you know, and how much we weigh and how much we have. I mean, for instance, let's take, let's take someone in our midst today. We've already talked about them. But, you know, most of us think that, that, that John Aldrich is rather young. But, but now he's, he's a grandpa. You know, and I, I could make the statement that actually I'm probably younger than, than John because I don't have any grandchildren. Now... Now, Pam is very, very young, you know, but John, I'm not sure about. But let's, let's take age. I mean, I forget age. We just talk about age. How about, how about weight? That's got to be the silliest thing to, to lie about. You know, I could get up here and say, I, I want to let you know that I, uh, I weigh the same amount that I weighed in high school. And, and you go, well, how much did you weigh in high school? And I said, I, I weighed 157 pounds. And you're looking at me, well, you don't look like you weigh 157 pounds. And the reason I don't look like I weigh 157 pounds is because, what? I don't weigh, weigh 157 pounds. But we weigh about things that people see and see right through us. And yet somehow we're still tempted to somehow budge the truth. Essentially, I read a variety of other things about people who lie. They, they've even done studies on professions. And do you know, I, I was kind of shocked by this. Do you know which profession, at least by one survey, said that lies the most? They said the teaching profession. How's that for you as students going through school? Is that your teachers lie more than any other profession uh, as far as they could, they could figure out? Interesting. Do you know there's a certain time of day where people lie more often than other times? If you talk to someone, be very beware of what they're, what's coming out of their mouth if you're talking between 9 and 9.30 in the evening. The best time to get make sure that people tell the truth is in the morning. And do you know where people lie the most? Be very careful about this. Is when they're on the phone is when they lie the most. So however, however you want to look at it, is that we live in a culture when people are playing with the truth. And so as we think about that this morning, I want you to recognize this is an issue that Jesus spoke into. Because again, he wanted us to desperately know that, that we need him. Because even though we play with the truth a lot, we recognize you cannot survive in a society when there isn't some commitment to truth. How can you go before a court of law and, and have witnesses come to speak on issues without believing somehow they're conveying that which is accurate? You would have no justice in the land. And even people, interesting enough, who kind of live within a vocation in which lying and cheating is part of what they do, within their own culture, they have to have some kind of sense of honor. Friends, thieves that go together in gangs, you know, they've got to be able to tell each other the truth or they have no team, they have no gang together. And so we all recognize that truth is so crucial. But as we think about it this morning, what Jesus wanted to say is, is that we need to be people of truth unlike other people who think about truth being only important under certain situations. Before a grand jury before maybe a person that is so close and dear to you that you would not somehow defraud them. But his followers 
need to be known as people of the truth. So if you have your outlines this morning, we're going to race through some things. I'm not sure all that we'll get to. But we need to recognize that, that God wants his people to be unique and special. Let's look at it this morning. First of all, let's just look at the very beginning. Truth tellers act like the one who is truth. One of the things that we are very familiar with, if you've ever been in a place like this very often, you've heard this statement made of Jesus, and it declares who he is. Jesus said, I am the way, the the truth. And so we need to think that, that if we are truth tellers, then we're acting like Jesus. In one of the small groups this past week, we were talking about the, the line of defense that people give when, when they fall into any other type of thing that dishonors God. And, and they'll say, well, yeah, but everybody's doing it. Everybody. And one of the ones in, uh, in my group on Wednesday said, well, you know what I used to tell my kids when they said everybody's doing it? Your last name is not everybody. It's Barmore. And Barmores don't do that or they do this. And as we think about the, the fundamental reason why we ought to live a certain way is that we are followers of the truth. And our last, last name is Christian, that we are followers of Christ. And we want to do that which honors Him. And whenever we play with the truth, we're not following the one who gave us truth and is truth. But as we think about truth, we need to understand that, that truth sometimes can be abused if, if we're not careful about how we convey it. Uh, Telling the truth is more than just telling people what you think. Have you ever had that experience where someone tells you something in a a rather brutal way and they say, I'm just giving you a piece of my mind. I'm just telling you what I think. I'm just telling you what I think you need to hear or know. We need to understand that the Bible is pretty clear about speaking the truth as far as not only speaking it, but how we ought to speak it. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15, uh, Paul wrote this, but speaking the truth in what? love and the whole idea if we do it that way we're growing up all things unto him who is the head if you have your bibles look at ephesians chapter 4 listen to as i I read it i actually put a couple wrong wrong references down there in ephesians chapter 4 verse 25 he goes on in that passage to to really speak again the the emphasis about truth verse 25 he says therefore putting aside lying let each one of you speak truths with his neighbor for we are members of one another we need to recognize that, that God has created people in His image and we need to treat them like He treats them. We're, we're part of that created family. But skipping down to verse 29, I think I had the wrong reference in your outline. He says this, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. When you speak truth into someone's life, particularly truth that they at that moment probably are not going to want to hear, then you need to spend as much time not only making sure you have the truth, but how are you going to communicate that truth? That, that you dress it with grace. You, you put it in a way where you're trying to help the person, not put them down. The idea in verse 32 puts it this way, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Sharing that in a tenderness with a desire to help them, not to hurt them. I was reading a couple things about people who wrote about truth, and they said this, people who are brutally honest get more satisfaction out of the brutality than about the honesty. Isn't that true? And there's some people you know, and 
man, they're so excited about telling you the truth because it makes them look good and you look worse. You know, I could also put it this way. There's always a way to be honest without being brutal. But I want to add to that quote I, I saw this past week. Except for people who don't want to hear the truth. Because there are times that you will do as, as much as you can, as, as, as being as kind and gentle as you can, but once you speak the truth into them, they respond with anger. Because there are people who don't want to hear the truth. Even as caring and as loving as you, as you can, they don't want to hear it. I like what one person wrote. Say what you mean, mean what you say, and say nothing in a mean way. So as we think about truth, we are to speak the truth because we're followers of the truth. Secondly, we need to recognize that we, we speak the truth, but we need to speak the truth in love. And it's not just telling people what we think. Sometimes we give a, you know, people a piece of our mind, and we, we can't afford to get rid of that piece. <laughs> we need to hold on to it. Thirdly, and this is the other contrast, is that liars are living like the devil. When we play with the truth, we're following after another example, and it is a, a one that we never want to be associated with. In John chapter 8, verse 44, we have Jesus in a theological discussion and a spiritual battle with people who, who want to throw the, the religious card out at him. And so finally he just speaks right to the issue of their, of their responses to him. He said in verse 44, You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. The evil one is the father of all lies. And let's be honest, there were times that Jesus turned up the heat as he spoke truth in people's lives. In the passage we're not looking at that I have in, in your outlines, in Matthew chapter 23, verses 16 through 22, uh, Jesus calls them people blind and fools because somehow they, they thought that they could speak and if they used, you know, like, remember when you were growing up, for some of us who are old, you know, like John Aldridge, is that, you know, that w when, you, when you were saying something, you weren't sure. <laughs> uh, so, sorry, my father, you know, anyway, is that... You say, I'm sorry, I had my, my fingers crossed. Remember King's X? Some of you probably never heard of that. But that used to be when we, we wanted to somehow get out of something. Why? Well, it doesn't count because I had my fingers crossed. That's not what we're talking about here. You know, I swore by Jerusalem or the temple. That doesn't count unless I, sit, I swore by God. Let our yes be yes and our no be no. Can we be trusted? Are, are we credible? There is no little lie. And when we fall into not telling the truth, we're falling after the author of all lies. Fourthly, just to make sure that somehow we don't get caught up in the, the, the idea that if we just never use the Lord's name in an oath, we're obeying this principle. He's not speaking of just never taking a formal oath. He's talking about always being truthful. And the reason we know that, because the Lord himself took oaths. The Lord used oaths to emphasize truth too good or hard to believe. In Deuteronomy chapter 22, it's interesting. We have, the, if you're familiar with Genesis chapter 
22, it's, it's the familiar story of Abraham, Abraham offering up Isaac and God delighting in his faithfulness and falling after uh, the instructions of the Lord. And, and so he gives them a great promise in, in Genesis chapter 22, beginning at verse 17. He says, Blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply your descendants. But before that, in verse 15, he says, Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. And why did God himself swear by his own name? Because he was about to tell Abraham something that was so amazingly good that he wanted him to really believe it. And the God himself said, I swear by my own name, what I am telling you, what I am promising you is true. And even Jesus did that whenever he would emphasize something that was true. Because if someone said, now, I'm, I'm telling the truth now. When I, when I, if I were to say that, you would doubt the other times I did not say that or preface that statement. Well, so if you don't say I'm telling the truth, that means you're not telling the truth? Well, Jesus would say, truly, truly, or verily, verily, or most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And the issue there is he wanted them to know, this is how you get in. And I want you to understand how you do not get in. It is true. There is only one way. And you don't come to God on your own terms. You come to God in, on His terms. Alice is telling our, our life group this past week, a, a good friend of ours from a ministry that we were involved in before, uh, Kathy, and her name is now Kathy Kennedy, and, and she was telling about the experience she had of, of someone coming in a restaurant, and he was older, and, and they became you know, fast friends and sharing together. And all of a sudden, uh, this friend, Dale, told Kathy that th- this was going to be his last day. He said, no, no, no. And, and she, she knew he was getting older, that maybe he just didn't want to do work anymore. And, and he said, no, no, just keep coming in my restaurant. I says, no, no, Kathy, I, I can't. And if, if you knew Kathy, you know, you, it's hard to speak a word into whatever Kathy says. Kathy just is a blur of speech. And he said, Kathy, quit speaking. I'm about to die. My doctors only give me two or three weeks. And Kathy said, well, can I come visit you? And he said, sure, come visit me. And she came over to his house and had the opportunity to, to again, share about Jesus. And, and Dale said, you know, you're the only person who's ever talked to me about Jesus in all of my life. And interestingly enough, he had been very, very successful in his life. He was only working then because he just wanted to have something to do. He was, he was a multimillionaire. And his response, first of all, was, was you know, I, I think I've, I'm right with God in my own way. And, and Kathy spoke truth into his life. He said, you, you can't come to God in your own way. You've you got to come to God on his terms. And so she presented him the simple gospel. You, you need to admit your need and recognize you're a sinner. You, you need to believe that Jesus paid the penalty for your sins and rose again. And you need to commit to follow Jesus, Lord God and Savior. And on that day, in his bed, he committed his life to Jesus Christ. What would have happened if she hadn't spoken the truth? And sometimes the truth is what people don't want to hear. I'm coming to God on my own terms. And she risked the friendship even at that moment in his dying days, saying, No, you need to understand. 
Unless you're born again, you'll never see the kingdom of God. Unless you deal with the truth about your sin, your sins will never be forgiven. And so we need to realize that the telling the truth is something God wants us to declare openly. And sometimes we emphasize it because it's, for him it was too good to be true. You mean, I don't have to try to earn my way to heaven? No, you can't. No one can. But Jesus has done it for you. Fifthly, the issue was never about the making of oaths, but in deceiving others. Understand, in Leviticus 19.12, it says this, You shall not swear by my name. There's a period right after that, right? No. You shall not swear by my name. What's the next word there? Falsely. It it is all right to go into court of law. I was talking to Dan this week. And usually before you go up as a witness, they'll have you put your hand on a Bible or whatever they do now. I don't know if they can still have the Bible in courts now. But they'll ask you to swear. Will you you swear that you'll tell the the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help me God. That's not breaking a principle in God's word. Because the issue is, are you now going to speak the truth? Deuteronomy even even encourages us to take oaths at times. You shall fear the Lord your God and serve him and shall take oaths in his name. But the issue is, whether you've given an oath or whether you have not given an oath, are you going to speak the truth? I was reading one author and they put it this way. Those who think it is permissible to tell why it lies soon will grow colorblind. And we won't know what is a permissible lie and what is not a permissible lie. And if you're in our life groups this week, uh, we'll be talking about, is there an exception clause to this? But we need to recognize that God has called us to be people of truth. Sixthly, even those who walk with Jesus under oath don't always tell the truth. Let's be honest. We struggle with this just as much as anybody else does. And hopefully through this whole Sermon on the Mount, you, un- you understand the message of Jesus was to draw people to himself. This is not something we do through our own strength or our own efforts. It- it's got to be the Spirit of God living through us and empowering us and yielding ourselves to him. I won't turn to the passage because of time, but remember in Matthew chapter 26, you have the account of Peter and Peter is just distraught. Jesus has been in prison, and, and he's kind of trying to find out what's going on, so he follows him, and all of a sudden this little servant girl comes up to him and says, uh, haven't you been with Jesus? Uh, now he's caught. What, what's he going to do? And have you ever been caught? And, and when you're caught, sometimes the only way out is to tell a what? A lie. So here, here's a person who had been with Jesus. In fact, he was in, among the 12, among the inner three. He was the one they were going to build the foundation of the church upon it in a statement of faith, and now he was caught. He was going to have to identify with Jesus. And what did he do? He played with the truth. But if you look at the account carefully, not only did he play with the truth, he denied Jesus by giving an oath. And he didn't just do it once. It said he swore afterwards. It probably wasn't four-letter words. He was swearing over and over and over again. I do not know that man. 
So help me who? God. One way I wrote it this way. A lie may, may take care of the present, but it has no future. See, see Peter got out of that present situation because they, they, they believed it and he was able to leave. But then his future, he's filled with guilt. Now the good news is God forgives us of these sins as well, the sins of telling lies and not bearing the truth. But it was not his best moment, was it? Now you might be thinking, as I was like, well, I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to be in Jerusalem and a little girl come up to me and say, hey, did you see Jesus? You know, I, that's not going to happen to me. But then I read another quote by someone about truth and lies, and he said this, the cruelest lies are often told in silence. How many times maybe we haven't denied Jesus verbally? I, I can't, I, I mean, I might have done it. I usually try to forget the things I do that are wrong. <laughs> But I can't remember a time where I've denied Jesus verbally. But I can think of many times I denied him in silence. Some of the cruelest lies are told in silence. Seventhly, some oaths cannot or should not be kept. So don't dishonor God with your words. And, and I threw this one in, and, and we're not going to look at the passage, but later on, in fact, a number of these passages, we're not spending a lot of time, I encourage you not only doing the Bible lesson, but look at some of these verses as well. But in Leviticus, Leviticus interesting enough, it talks about oaths where people made in, in Israel's time, uh, where God's covenant people were with, with under the, the theocracy of his program then. And God was aware that sometimes people were going to make an oath they could not keep. And it makes sense, doesn't it? And there are many times where we have said things, whether we use an oath to it or not, just made statements that we could not and should not keep. Since I picked on John, John's a marvelous golfer. And I, I, you know, I, I don't know if he's had any hole-in-ones, but I'm sure he's been close many, many, many times. But, but let, let's say I was with him and I said, John, I'll give you $10 million if you make a hole-in-one on this, on this uh, three-part. Man, I'll give you, ten, if you just, this time you, you make it, I'll give you $10 million. He hits the ball, and it goes in the cup. <laughs> what am I going to do? I don't got $10 million, right? I cannot <laughs> take an installment, right? It is that I cannot fill that oath. So, you know, we didn't even recognize. Sometimes we'll make statements that we just cannot do, so don't try to do them. You know, some of you know that Brandon used to live in our house when he first came over here, and during his um, more interesting days, you know, let's let's say he was he was living in our home, and there, there was a particular word I wanted him to get uh, uh, refrained from using in our house. Let's say, the next time you use that word, you're going to eat every single soap bar in our house. All right. <laughs> well, you know, that's that's the thing. Maybe he could do, but what should not do. I'm not going to have him do something that's going to make him sick. Have you ever had parents say, you do that again, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> well, you know, let your yes be yes, your no be no, I guess I'm <laughs> sorry. All right. There are oaths, there are things we'll make that we cannot, should not keep, but the issue is, you know, watch what you say. But if you say something stupid, don't do something stupid. 
Even if you attach God's name to it, you confess it. They had to give an offering when they did that. Eighthly, <laughs> quickly, truthfulness must originate from the heart. I think I have for the heart there, but it's from the heart. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. You know, Mark Twain said, truth is the most valuable thing that we have. And it must come from the heart. And it's a choice. I, I really like what he said here. He said, I, I am different from George Washington. Remember George Washington? I cannot tell a lie. He said, I am, I am, I am different from George Washington. I have a higher, grander standard of principle than Washington. For you see, George could not tell a lie. I can, but I won't. And see, as children of God, we can still tell lies. But by the Spirit of God, we can choose not to tell lies. And there's a whole other dimension that we could, we could expand this whole issue of telling the truth. If we really care about people, once we have determined they really need to hear what we have to say, and we're going to bathe it in grace and love, is sometimes we need to risk our relationships with them by willing to speak truth into their lives. Even when we're anticipating the damage it could happen because we said it, but we care enough that we'll speak the truth. Hopefully there are people in your lives that you have opened up your lives to them where they can, they can speak the truth in your life. Number nine, our, our job description requires that we be found faithful. Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ, as followers of Christ, as stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required that one be found faithful. Can, can people count on us? There's so many funny things we could talk about. We could tell about how do you tell a liar, and there's all kinds of things to talk about body language and how they use their language and all kinds of things. But what's more important than to determine how, if someone else is lying to you is determine if you're lying to them. I like what Homer Simpson said one time. He says, it takes two to lie, one to lie and, and one to listen. And sometimes we participate in lies by listening to lies and then spreading those lies to others. What's the point this morning? Can we be trusted? Is our yes, yes, and our no, no? And again, the only hope for us is to recognize again, it's all about what Jesus does in us and through us. We can't do it on our own. But we want to represent him as people of the truth. Let's pray. Father, there's so many points of application for me in my life, and, and hopefully as we've just been racing through this this morning, there, there were so many application points for each one of us. And it's not to put us under the pile of guilt, but it's to set us free from being people 
who can rest in the truth and share the truth and live the truth. As we continue to worship this morning, help us to reflect upon your truth for our lives. And we ask this in Christ's name. Amen.